welcome to And It's Writing, a tipsy writing podcast for one of our mini episodes. Every other Friday, you can also join us at 7.30 Eastern on Twitch for a live stream. To see the upcoming schedule, check out our website at anditswriting.com. That's one word, no spaces. I'm Avery Ames, writer of adult fantasy. And I'm DC McNaughton, speculative and historical fiction writer. So grab a drink, pop in your earbuds, and enjoy today's episode. Hi, so today we are going to talk about The Call, capital T, capital C, which is when an agent has responded to a full and asks if you would like to have a call with them, which usually most of the time is going to lead to an offer of representation. And kind of, we're going to discuss the things that you will probably want to ask them because what people, I don't think a lot of people realize before you go into the call is that really you're supposed to ask most of the questions <laughs> as the author. <laughs> the agent's kind of there to answer your questions and they've been through it before so they can kind of like nudge you if you don't know, but this can kind of help you have some questions prepared. It makes you look like you know what you're talking about. So that's always good. Makes you look smart. Uh, or you could be like a me and get the call and then like you get into the fucking call and then you freeze <laughs> up and after asking like one question and your agent goes, uh, what you should ask me are these questions. <laughs> and so, like, so she just like did it all for me because I just froze up like an idiot. So. <laughs> I'm sure that happens more often than not. I will say I did have a little bit of that. I did have a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure they are used to dealing with people who are nervous, who are anxious, because the whole time you're having that call, your brain is like, if I fuck this up, they're going to say no. If I fuck this up, they're going to take it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. We were both lucky in that both of ours, the email said, I would like to offer you representation. Let's have a call. They don't always tell you first. Sometimes they just say, let's have a call. And make it sound like an audition. And then you don't get the offer of rep until the end. So we at least had like the going in. But you still are like, they're going to take it away. They're going to see like how much of a yep. weirdo I am. And they're going to say no. <laughs> oh, yeah. The the days leading up to that call after you schedule it on your email. Like, oh, you, you like, wow, they're going to back out. They hate me. Yep. They hate me. It's not going to happen. Yep. It happened yeah. to both of us. So, and it, yeah. some of these questions are going to sound a little egotistical to ask. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, that was my problem. You know, I, I got, you know, I got this list and I was like, oh my God, these sound like a power move. <laughs> they're going to like, they're going to fucking hate me if I ask these questions. They're going to look like an asshole. No. No. Because it's, no. it's, the way they're phrased on this list, which we'll kind of go through, they do kind of sound like that, but they're, they're there to make sure you and the agent are on the same page about this book and about your career. Because that's really what you're at. You're checking in the call is A, to kind of just feel each other out, see if you talk well together, if you, you know, have a good vibe, but then also to make sure you both have the same vision for both where you want to be as a writer in general and for this specific book, especially if they're an editorial agent and they want edits. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I've got my list here and I'm just going to kind of go through them and we'll like kind of discuss each one and why, why you want to be asking this question. So, like, the first one is the most egotistical sounding one, which is, what did you like about my book? <laughs> and Nothing! It's not to be like, tell me how awesome I am. It's to make sure that, like, the reasons you wrote the book are the reason, the things that resonated with them. That they're, they're, they're vibing on the book the way you want a reader to interpret it. Because it might be possible you wrote, like, a really, what you thought was, like, 
dark allegory and they'll be like, I thought it was hilarious. And you're like, oh, that is not what I intended. Dude, I've seen that happen. That's real. Mm-hmm. That's so real. Yeah. I mean, readers, every, every reader's coming at a book with their own lens mm-hmm. and there, some readers are going to interpret it differently. And so, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's what that question is. They're saying, what did you like about my book? If they're like, hey, I loved the character dynamic between this character and their sister. And I think they had like a really interesting complex relationship. And you're like, yes, that's that's what I wanted to write was the complex sibling relationship. Then, you know, you're kind of on the same page there. Yeah. Question two is, like I said, especially if they're an editorial agent to ask, what changes do you foresee for the book? Mm-hmm. Most agents aren't going to give you a real detailed outline on this, which makes sense because they don't want you to take their edits and go sign with another agent. But they'll you they'll yeah. usually give you like a ballpark. They'll say, hey, in my case, it was like they wanted to trim down one of the, the main plot lines, kind of beef up another plot line. And they kind of gave me this general guideline of where we wanted to go. And then we're like, if we sign, then I'll give you the like detailed edit letter. But this is kind of where I see it going. Um, and it'll also tell you how many changes they want. Yeah, you want to ask this question because what if you don't like what they want to change? Well, and what if they want like more changes than you really want to do in a direction yeah. that you don't want to go? Because mm-hmm. in my case, it was very like I was my agent was very upfront. It was, I want a huge overhaul for this book. <laughs> it was like, I like where it's going. I like how you write, but it needs, it, I think it needs some shuffling and some fixing. And there's, there's some parts that are going to need, you're going to need to rip some stuff out and replace it. And she was very upfront about that. And you need to know that if you're going in, mm-hmm. how, how big they want. Um, they may say it's, you may be lucky and they may say it's submission ready. And then you get to do a little happy dance. Yeah. <laughs> That happens. It does happen. I only had to edit for three weeks. Yeah, so. you had much. It, they were still re- revisions, but they were not like. Oh a, yeah, they hurt like <laughs> hell. I was crying. I cried a lot. I, I had to scrap mine and rewrite the whole thing. <laughs> so it just depends on your agent, their vision, your vision, um, and whether you agree. Mm-hmm. And kind of along those lines of what changes do you foresee? Kind of sub questions are what the timeline is going to be for those revisions. Um, How long do they usually take to get edit notes to you? How long do they expect you to get it back to them if they have a timeline at all? They may say, in my case, it was like, here's how long it's going to take me to get it to you. Then it's up to you. (laughs) Then another question is ask about what is your communication style and your communication frequency? So like what media they use to communicate do you usually send you know text messages emails do you prefer a certain type of communication and how often do you want to keep in touch especially if it's something like i'm in revisions how often do you want me to touch base (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's just so you both know where the other one is again Mm -hmm. um next question do you have editors or houses in mind for this project Good question. That's a good question. They may or may not yep. tell you exactly all their editor list because <clears throat> once again, they don't want you to take that whole editor list to another agent. That's less transferable because a lot of that's related to like how well that agent knows those editors and those relationships and stuff like that. But they don't want you to just like write down their entire edit list and then take it to someone else's letter. But they may say, okay, I've got a few houses. Here's a few of the major houses I'd like to to submit to. Um, and find out if that jibes with like your vision, because they may they may want to submit mostly to the big five. They may want to submit to mid-sized publishers, especially if you're writing something like 
you know, a, like romance, like category romance. Uh, sometimes there's some like mid-sized publishers that would actually be better for your career. So that's not to say if the answer isn't just the big five to turn around and run, but that's when you have a discussion about like where you think, where they see you being published in your career and whether you agree with that. Yep. So far, I agree with all these questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of going through the list here. It's very exciting. And then there's one about like asking how they manage the editor-client relationship after a book has been sold. Some agents want to be kept just like CC'd on everything. Some agents want to be kind of go-between. Some of them just step aside or like, just tell me if there's problems. The next question is to ask for a blank copy of the agency contract um, before, like while you're considering. Um, so they'll give you kind of their boilerplate contract and it has all the terms in it. You can read through it and that gives you time to kind of go over it and make sure that everything looks normal. And actually read the contract. Yes. Don't just skim it. You have to read every word because it's really important. And you're going to have That's to read every word a bunch of times because it's written in legalese. And it's not the most convoluted legalese, at least the one I read. Um, mm -mm, mine wasn't either. But it's it's enough that you have to kind of like stop and read the sentence. Because mm -hmm. it does the thing where it's like, party A and party B are, you know, indicated at the beginning and the bottom, you're like, if party B does, you're like, wait, crap, which one of us is party B? Um, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So, but you do read it very carefully. Um, I don't know how long yours was. I think mine was like two or three pages. Mine was five or six. Yeah. I think mine might have been three, but it also may just yeah. be formatting. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, just get a blank, co blank copy, look it over, make sure that everything looks normal to you maybe have like a spouse or partner look it over somebody you very very closely trust who's can keep their mouth shut uh, <laughs> just to like give you a second opinion one of the other things to discuss is to discuss your long-term career goals so one of the questions that will kind of get at the end questions the agent may ask you but this is one that you can either broach the topic or the agent can um, but at some point it's gonna be like where do you see yourself as a writer where do you see your career do you want to be you know, New York Times bestselling, consistent, like on the list every year. Do you want to be a mid-list author? Do you want to do rapid release, especially in those genres like romance or maybe thriller? Do you see yourself branching into other age categories at some point? Do you want to do intellectual property? Like just kind of what, what shape you think you want your career to be five years down the road, 10 years down the road. Um, a lot of agents are going to want to sign you for a career and not just like a single book. It does happen, especially in like nonfiction and memoir and like literary, yeah. they'll sign you for one book. But if you're doing like genre fiction, they're going to kind of want like a career path for you. Um, like for me, I, ha I have a little note here that I had to, here's a couple projects I wanted to mention. Like what if I wanted to branch into other genres or if I wanted to branch into, like if I ever decided I wanted to write YA, then now we're getting into really nitpicky questions. And these are, I'm going to kind of like rapid fire. I have a big one. What? Big one. Big one. I have a big one. That's not a nitpicky okay. question. Uh, and this is the one that Sarah asked me mm -hmm. to ask her because I did not. And I thought it was a really good question. And that is the question of what if my book doesn't sell? That's a big question, guys. That That's definitely a top of the lister because... Um, the thing is, is, you know, your book might not sell and you want to make sure that the agent is going to be okay with that. You want to make sure that the agent has got a good attitude about that. 
um, that they have a realistic perspective of what that looks like. You might even want to know that they've been through that before, Mm -hmm. because when you're sitting in submissions and nothing happens, and right now the submissions is is pretty long, um, the wait time is very long right now. You want to make sure that you're not going to be on the other side of your computer feeling like it's all your fault. Um, it's, you know, they hate my book. Everybody hates my book. Uh, oh my gosh. Like, is my agent going to dump me because of this? Like what happens next? Because if you don't ask that question, you're going to find yourself in it after you accept agency, you're going to find yourself very nervous all the time. Um, that you don't really know what happens afterward, Mm -hmm. um, because it's serious. So make sure to get that one. in. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very scary thought and it's good to know that the agent is going to, like I mentioned, they're, that they're there for your career. So it's good to know that, okay, it's going to really suck if this doesn't sell, but mm-hmm. this agent has my back for my next book and we'll yeah. do it again. But yeah, it's, that's a big one for them because it's something that people I don't think talk about a lot. This book's not yeah. selling, but it, it's not uncommon for your second book, your third book to be the one that gets the publishing deal. And then you have like, pocket books which is always nice you have like those little back pocket trunk books yes and then just a couple of the rapid fire ones is um ask how the agency handles subsidiary rights like audio and film do they have like an in-house some bigger agencies have like an in-house agent who specifically does that some partner with other agencies recent or notable sales ask them you know what have have you and or your agency sold lately depending on especially how new your agent is at the agency so it may be what has what have other people at the agency sold. Um, you can also snoop on this on Publishers Marketplace, but if you it is behind a paywall, so if you don't want to pay for Publishers Marketplace, you can just kind of ask them. It's kind of a it's kind of a ballsy move. <laughs> hey yo, though, if you're about to like get into a call with an agent, pay for a month of yeah. Publishers Marketplace and look that shit up. Because what if your agent that's saying yes is absolute dog shit? Like you want to know? Like do your research. Like definitely do your research because. <laughs> Not all agents are created no. equally. They're not. They're they're just not. And it is better to wait and say no to the awful agent than it is to, you know. And some agents um, are posting that information on their agency websites now. Um, it just depends. Kind of go to the agency website. But some will have, like, in their menu, like, a recent deals tab. And you can find yeah. that out there, too. So go there first. And then check Publishers Marketplace. <laughs> Yeah, that that being said, uh, you know, some agents do and, and some writers also decide to not make their uh, book deals public. Yeah, there are plenty of book deals that aren't made uh-huh. public. So if you don't see anything, that's not necessarily a bad sign, but definitely like do more than one resource check um, because it's not always going to be on Publishers Marketplace, but 90 percent of the time it yeah. is. Uh, yeah, d- d- check multiple resources. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of reasons why they may not be on Publishers Marketplace that are 100% fine. Like, the book is still legit. Those deals have to be, like, manually reported. So... Some people don't want people to know how much money they're making. Because, like, sometimes those deals, they say exactly how much money was made, and maybe the writer doesn't want that. You know, you can opt out of that sort of thing. And sometimes they're, like, angling for an announcement elsewhere in, like, a, a magazine or something. Um, and they don't yeah. publish marketplace to to get in there first. And so there's just there's a lot of reasons. So mm-hmm. that but yeah, definitely at least check. You're gonna find some information. And this is actually another big one. I said rapid fire, but I'm kind of going through. Ask to talk to some of their other clients. Ask for a referral. 
say, can you give me contact information for some of your other clients so that I can ask them off the, not off the record, but I can privately talk to them. If they say no, that is a big red flag. <laughs> I've, I've talked to several prospective clients for, for my agent after signing. I, she's contacted me a few times and said, Hey, I've got another person I'm thinking about signing. They want to talk to other clients. Can they email you? And I just say yes. And she's like, okay, I'll give them your email address. And then they privately email me. And then you give them all the dirt, <laughs> the good, yep. the bad, you know, everything. Um, but I did that and I talked to some other clients as well. See, I was a fucking stalker before <laughs> I got my agent and I stalked my agent because I'm a fucking creep <laughs> and she knows it. Uh, well, and, yours... <laughs> and I had already talked to her clients because I'm a fucking stalker. <laughs> well, and yours is also a, a longer, like has been in the industry longer. So there's a lot more to yes. read and find out about it. Mine was a, a newer agent at the time. So there was a little less to find online. There was a little less to stalk. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then also just kind of the last question. I have the stuff the agent may ask. But we've kind of already gone over all that. So the last one is just kind of ask how they, how they usually handle things for the next book. Like, uh, at what point should we start discussing my idea? Do you want to be involved in the planning drafting stages? Do you want me to just bring it to you after it's done? Kind of figure out your game plan for where you're going to go once this current book is on submission. And this is, it's going to vary completely. And it's going to be what you're both comfortable with. There's no wrong or right answer, but it's something you want to feel out and make sure you're both on the same page on that one. Yep. Because, yeah, some agents are going to want to help you plan it. And some agents are going to be like, just bring it to me when it's done. <laughs> Yep. They're all different. And then, yeah, all the questions I have that the agent may ask are kind of, like I said, ones we've already kind of discussed. So those are our checklist. I put it together based on things that I prodded a bunch of friends and got some answers. But those are kind of things you want to talk about. But mostly, I think the big thing is just knowing that they're not going to, they're not going to take it away because you like stuttered and stumbled on a question. Yeah. If you come out and like start like slinging some hate speech, then they might take it away. But if you're just like nervous, you'll be fine. <laughs> Ask your agent, are you a racist? Because I'm a racist and I need a racist <laughs> agent. <laughs> I need to feel perceived by a racist agent. So I need to make sure that we're one of the same. Um, okay. Is there anything else you wanted to add to that or anything else that you had happened in your call that you kind of think other people might need to know about like things that might come up for them um i do have like one thing that i have found that i really like about sarah that i didn't know that i would like until after i got her so like if i ever had to look for an other agent i would i would ask a question about um how like in tune with the industry they are and mm. what do they do um to continue um, educating themselves with other editors to keep themselves social with editors to keep themselves in the loop to keep themselves you know held accountable um, because what I have found with my agent is that she is always like she's going to meetings and she's talking to editors all the time she's always got updates she's she's very on top of everything <laughs> and it's like I'm just like wow this is crazy like and I don't know if I'd like to have an agent that didn't do this after having her because like I, I'm like wow she really knows her shit like <laughs> and it it gives me a confidence that I I didn't really expect to have so you know that 
after having experienced her for a while, that that is one that I would probably ask just to make sure that mm-hmm. my agent and their off time is doing their homework because there is a lot more than reading queries and editing mm-hmm. that these uh, agents, a good agent does. And you want to make sure that they're doing more than just reading books and answering query emails. Because mm-hmm. uh, I can guarantee you there are definitely some agents out there that are only answering query emails and only reading. And that's not uh, I yeah. mean, at least not for me, it's not it's really great. So, like, mm-hmm. I've come to like this. I would probably ask that uh, going forward. Not that I ever intend to leave KT Literary because I'm already having a blast. <laughs> so, if they ever dump me and I'm left oh, on the road, not gonna happen. on the street. <laughs> yeah, but that's, mm-hmm. that's the only thing yeah. I have to add. That's very important because, yeah, an agent needs to have those industry connections and the industry know how to sell a book. That's part of the job it's not one people talk about very often it's kind of behind a veil of secrecy but it's there secrecy <laughs> the secret mystical veil of secrecy i'm just picturing like agents and editors in some like abandoned like old like monastery wearing robes having their like i'm meetings. pretty sure that's exactly how it happens <laughs> yeah like i'm pretty sure that's exactly how it happens zoom killed all the uh <laughs> the underground illicit robe wearing meetings they- they go into the the underground, you know, trails tram system in New York City, and they like have candles and stuff, and they hold their publisher meetings there, and their editor meetings. It's very clandestine and all that spooky nonsense. Okay, well, that's a fun place to end that one. <laughs> so every other Friday, you can join us at seven thirty p.m. Eastern on Twitch for the live stream. And to see the upcoming schedule, you can check out our website at anditswriting.com. And a reminder that if you heard anything in the episode that interested you, please check out the show notes for links or information. Thanks for listening.